Let's drag. Give me your intro. Markel Johnson, fresh off of one of the worst performances after one of his better performances, is having to go to face Miami tonight. Is he going to do it? <laughs> Who knows? But we're up 52 to 40 as we record this, and you are going to get a special edition of the Color Commentary Red and White Podcast. Very well done. <laughs> that couldn't the have serialized worked ver- better. <laughs> on the Red and White Podcast, the serialized version. Impromptu, on the mic, I like oh. it. All right, folks, we're back. This is going to be a hot mess, just like our basketball season. Hey. <laughs> we're by 10 now. <laughs> yeah, we're currently winning. This is, feels weird because it doesn't look like they're playing very well. It doesn't seem like they're shooting very well, but they're winning. Miami's just not very good, maybe. I don't know. I think that's safe to assume. Um, but they're eleven what, and five. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, but what is what? But what is that ten comprised of? I didn't look beforehand. We didn't do any research yeah. tonight. Yeah, no idea. I'm not even going to try to pretend. We're winning. That's all that matters. We are shooting forty percent from the field, though. I feel like that's fine but not that's not gonna need do it most nights do you feel 40 percent? not really i i feel like we're a bad shooting team we and feel streaky for sure super streaky i feel like we've been like that for a couple of years now and i don't know why like i don't know what what they're missing like are they just missing ball players like how does virginia tech get a bunch of guys that can shoot Automatically, like I mean, that buzz, dude. I guess, like, I'm getting way ahead of our notes here, but I mean, that's that's it, man. I, I really, I really think Keats is learning what he needs or what he wants in as far as a roster, and I, it just it's been so inconsistent, right? He's like gone for the stars and. Then, you know, you don't get him and he's just got a bunch of transfers and he's he doesn't really know what he's what he wants, but I think that's that's maybe starting to change with this next class. But I think his first couple of years you've kind of seen a bit of scrambling. And yeah. Yeah, I mean I, don't know. <clears throat> I we'll we can get to it. I mean, I don't know. Should we just yeah. jump to the questions first and then come back? As no, I'm just gonna rattle through. I'll, let me, let me yeah. get, get back to our notes. Um, the Virginia Tech game, we'll just have some quick thoughts. Uh, I think VT's pretty good. Uh, they're gonna be a pest in a tournament. They got guys that can shoot, they got a bunch of guards, they play defense. Just one of those teams that you know, if maybe if we didn't shoot five for 30 from three, we had a chance, but you know, you have a bad night shooting, and they're a good team. They're not, you're not gonna beat many teams shooting like that, let alone a good team. And yeah, that's about, you know, you can't win if you can't shoot. Right. I mean, I think eventually the stats are going to swing back in our direction. We're going to have a game and hopefully it's against Carolina or Duke or one of those teams where we hit, you know, 20 of those 30 shots and you just blow somebody out. But right now the, 
the stats are going the, the wrong direction for, especially from a three point shooting. Yeah, I wonder if like uh, I mean for Braxton, I've Braxton's always been a streaky shooter. Um, he's never he's not. It's not like he's Scott Wood. Um, he he really needs the volume in my mind. Um, Andrew, I wonder if uh, you know maybe he's just getting kind of adjusted to the ACC level. Um, could explain it. I I mean he's he's fine to me. He's I don't think he's a liability on defense per se. Um. On you know, cue, Braxton hits a three. <laughs> now, was it backboarded? No. <laughs> no. Uh, I'm going to have to tweet at him, which is, <clears throat> uh, we can talk about that today, too. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm but just like, yeah, like, where are you going with that? Uh, Braxton's, a, I think Braxton's a good shooter. And, you know, we went over the stats before, but the reason I say he's a good shooter is like, I mean, it looks like he's got a good form. He's got a, you know, he's just, he could be a good shooter if he, you know, if he was maybe five inches taller. <laughs> He'd be a really good shooter. He wouldn't be here um, if he was that tall. <laughs> that's probably true too. Um, but that's what you kind of look like, and he'll get through it. You just gotta let those guys shoot. I mean, I put out a stat before we started recording that he was six for thirty-one in his last six games from three. I mean, that's like twenty-two percent or something like that. It's not not very good, and you just gotta let him shoot through it, man. And he's got to be out there because you don't have many other options that can hit those shots in volume. I mean, Markel can hit them, but you're not in volume like that. You know, Braxton gets hot. The numbers start swinging back his direction. Yeah, He hits four or five of those a game. It's a completely different story. And that's why he's a, you know, 40% three-point shooter. I, yeah. So, I'd be curious. It's tough when he's not out there playing well yeah. or not shooting well because he's small I, and – the other yeah, factor is that we have overlooked or not talked about is, you know, CJ Bryce is back tonight. He's been shooting about 53% for, from the field goal uh, percentage for the year. So, I mean, you know, you're talking about your, aside from DJ Funderbook, who, who has a 64%, you know, which is probably inflated. I mean, these big guys are just shooting layups practically. Um, you know, I mean, that, that's that been a big issue. Um, you know, I think if you have C.J. Bryce, I don't think we lose to Clemson, but apparently Clemson is like the best team in the ACC now. So, um, you know, Trevor Lawrence must yeah. be in the gym, you know, taking charges oh, and God. picks. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, okay, we'll get into that too because uh, I have some thoughts on that Clemson game and that what people are – um, we should talk about that. Let's just talk about that because who cares? Who gives a shit? That football game was right. great. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was... <laughs> so, yeah, Clemson loses national title. I mean, LSU was a – I mean, they're, they're a machine. They beat the top four teams by a lot of points, right? Or they beat what, Clemson, Alabama, and LSU by 20-plus each or something like that. Yeah, they were pretty incredible. I mean, Auburn's the only team that kept it close from what I could tell when I was looking back over it um, earlier today. Um, it, it's just, uh, here's the thing. I think we said this like before. When you get down on a team, you can't just abandon your identity. And I'm sure, you know, LSU could have kind of changed things up, but I think they kind of just adjusted to what they were seeing with Clemson. And then you just saw what was clearly the best team on the field. Remember that they're the best team. And then Joe Burrow just like went lights out. Um, I, I think the 
takeaway that I had from that game, like resounding takeaway from that in the previous game where Clemson was playing Ohio State was like, you need to have a mobile quarterback. And I'm not talking like you don't have to be Lamar Jackson, but Burrow was chewing up yards and keeping the chains moving. And that threat was you could see the Clemson defense was like constantly trying to adjust to either basically say, do I want to let Burrow run or do I want to let Burrow pass? Um, and that's like, I think we've been kind of saying like people are curious about like what kind of quarterbacks Tim Beck might go after. I guarantee based on everything I've kind of watched with, with his old highlights and everything, he's going to highlight or he's going to highlight in the recruiting process, at least um, getting mobile quarterbacks because you can be Bryce Perkins and still be effective. And then when you luck up and get a guy like Burrow who can throw it, what, what was he at? Like he's above 70% completion this year, isn't he? I mean, he's, it's just a complete difference maker when they can throw and they can run, I guess is what I'm saying. And I hope they gave you enough time to click and look for whatever you were looking for. Yeah. <laughs> I got nothing. I got nothing. I mean, <laughs> I started trailing off because I was thinking of a question my buddy uh, sent me after he sent me this morning. It's Lamar Jackson or Joe Burrow ten years from now, who had the better career in the NFL? Or yeah, um, yeah. Well, I'm going to say Lamar Jackson because he was smart enough to not go to the Bengals, and you know how I feel about being the top talent and getting drafted by a horrible team. Um. I I would feel more that there is a better chance that Baltimore has a better squad around him. So if we assume that he stays with the Bengals the whole time and that's who drafts him, I'm going to say Lamar. Um, If Joe Burrow gets to leave after three years and kind of go wherever he wants, I'd, I don't know, man. It, I'm trying to think like, what, has there been a recent quarterback that, that has been this kind of like this efficient, this dominant that then goes to the league and is a, an utter bust? Like, cause he doesn't look like a system quarterback. Like he looks like a tall Russell Wilson to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably a pretty good analogy. Uh, my, my answer to my buddy was, I mean, it's likely that Lamar Jackson won't be in the, the league 10 years. I mean, he's, <sighs> the next Michael Vick, right? That's what they're dubbing him. Michael Vick didn't last 10 years. Oh my gosh. I think it's hard for quarterbacks to last 10 years. So the, I'd go Joe Burrow. I would say the thing with, with Lamar is as long as the ball, as long as Baltimore's creative and if, if Baltimore can just get some guys to catch the ball, I mean, it is a travesty that they lost to the Titans. I love watching what Derrick Henry has been doing, but I mean, I don't think Baltimore is currently built to come from behind. They're built to, to lead. Um, if they just get some receivers, I think he's going to be amazing. Um, he just, he's like a Konami code, man. He's a cheat code back there. Um, I don't know. Burr is going to be really interesting to watch. I'm trying to think of who I would maybe compare him to. Like, does he give you kind of like the feeling of like, kind of like an Andrew Luck maybe? Uh, yeah. You know, he seems to, they were talking about on the broadcast a lot that he's practically like having a second offensive coordinator down on the field. And I think mm-hmm. that, um, I don't know. I probably haven't followed football as deeply as I have, at least on the NFL level as I have this year because of my incessant daily fantasy sports gambling. But 
the kind of like the common theme that I picked up over time is like there are certain quarterbacks in the league that when the headset goes out, they can sit there and they can coordinate the, the offense down the field. Um, two in particular have been NC State quarterbacks in Russell Wilson and Phillip Rivers. Um, and I think when you have an inherent knowledge of the game and you can just process things at an extremely fast level, it gives you the opportunity to stay in the league a lot longer. So to that point, that's good. I don't know if Lamar is to that level. But then, I mean, you just watch Lamar move. And, like, there was one juke play he was making on a run where he, like, I mean, he just, like, stopped on a dime in the, in the, the DB or whoever it was just went flying past him. And then, like, it was almost like he was laughing and he just jogged out of bounds. Um, yeah. Yeah, man, that's a good question. That's a really He's like a cheat code, man. He's He's ridiculous. You know, but you know, how long does that last? The, right? Is that gonna? The thing is, too, is I mean, I don't think it lasts ten years. Is Joe Burrow really this good, or is this just like a freak, you know, season? Right? I mean, last year he was just mediocre, right? I mean, is this? Yeah, it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell when you have, um, you know, good quarterbacks with superior talent all around them, right? You don't. I don't know if you necessarily learn a whole lot about them as opposed to like having a Philip Rivers at NC State, and you're like. This guy single-handedly carried this team, and same thing with Russell Wilson. So, uh, you know, that's—I don't think we'll really know, and I really don't want to spend too much more time talking about <laughs> Joe Burrow. No, no, no. We should talk about this a little bit because I think someone no. had tweeted—I don't know if it was you or maybe it was someone else—that you know they like dream of seeing NC State eventually at like a national championship stage. And I was watching all the talent on the field, and I was like, if NC State just somehow lucked their way into getting to this final and they played a team like LSU, like, I mean, we'd, we'd lose like by 60, you know, like it, it, it's just like a completely different athlete uh, on the field there. Um, it's almost amazing that we didn't lose well, by 80 to Clemson, you know, like with all our, injuries. yeah, they, I mean, they pull off the, they pull off the throttle, but if you think back state has, and, and this is probably what gives everybody hope to like, just, the glimmer of hope, which is all you really need, even to get to the playoff. As you think back to, you know, Mario Williams years and then the Philip Rivers mm-hmm. years. I mean, if those two overlap by, I think it would, they were two years apart or a year and a half one. apart or whatever it was. Oh yeah. If, you know, if those overlap a little bit differently then you know, you don't, who knows what you're talking about. Those are the two, you know, one of the best offenses we've ever had. And one of the, the best defenses we ever had. And, you know, still might not have been good enough to beat a team like LSU this year who was, I mean, just insane. But any other year, that gives you a chance. And that's what I think people are clinging to. With that said, you can't have your senior cornerback transferring. Mm. (laughs) So Nick McLeod announced he's transferring. Um, I assume there's some sort of story there with him. And, you know, maybe Barlow yeah. being let go and, you know, some of that thing. But you were next, you know, I have, I'm all of two sides on this thing. It's like you can't keep losing your seniors, right? And I, I, I'll let you pass on Lias and some of these other guys who are in theory not going to play, right? But Nick McLeod's your best corner. And I, can just hear the oh but we're young excuses again Mm-mm. right and that's just <laughs> it just pains me to like even think about that right it's not what so I, you know 
that's the part that really bothers me. But then as somebody else put it, being the best corner on an NC State team last few years is like being the top scholar in the UNC basketball team. There's not a whole lot of competition. And I was like, that's that's pretty much the good way to put hey, it. And those walk-ons work um, hard. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, you know, here's the thing. I get it. Um, did, did, I know he was better, you know, than it looks. But did you think Nick McLeod was like that good? No, um, you know, it's, it's, that's such a, like an open end. Was he good for us? I mean, I guess. Well, like my thing is like, where is like, he going to transfer? Like he's not to me, he's not going to transfer up. Right. I mean, it's not like he's going to end up at LSU or Florida or Ohio state or, or South Carolina, right? He's a South Carolina kid. Is he going to end up at South Carolina? No. So I mean, he could. He, oh, he you know, oh, he doesn't have to be your primary corner. I mean, okay. Right? So he's, if he ends up there and he's not your starter, then who gives a shit? I mean, well, he not not your starter, but he's not your your main guy. He's not going to be your your top corner, but maybe you put him on the you know, the weak side or whatever. But I, I think he's good enough and he's played enough that if he's healthy, he can be. But yeah. nobody's. It's not fooling anybody. He's not like. He was David Amerson picking off balls or any of these other guys that, you know, teams wouldn't just throw at. You know, there's you, – you have these corners where teams will just completely avoid throwing them because there's no chance that guy's getting open. And it's not like he was that. Yeah. I think what you, you're looking at now is that you have a new cornerbacks coach, a new DBs coach. Now he gets a blank slate and you got a bunch of, in theory, better athletes – on the roster now, shy battle and uh, you know Dunlap didn't leave Tayshawn Smith and some of these guys that they they really like and are supposedly you know taller, better athletes than three Devin Daniels. <laughs> then um, you know he gets a he gets a blank slate and so I think that's you know that's kind of intimidating for a senior right because you don't have your spot given to you. Yeah, I mean that's now you got to come in and. You know, I think it's good. I think it's good. It's maybe addition by subtraction. What always got me about McLeod is that he was he was arrogant as hell, and you could tell every time a quarterback overthrew somebody, you know, like ten yards and just completely no chance to catch a pass. He jumps up and like waves his arms, like yeah, don't throw it up, don't throw it my way, and it just <laughs> it drove me crazy. I, like, I hate when when quarterbacks do that, but he did it. All the time. You got okay. So look, I'm never going to fault a cornerback for um, <laughs> not living in reality because you get burned constantly, and you just have to have a completely different ego slash mindset to survive that position. Um, I, I think my thing is, yeah. I mean, we haven't had a dominant corner in a while. It's disappointing when you're a senior and a new cornerback coach comes in and says, basically it's open competition. And then you're just like, well, I'm going to bounce. You don't, I don't want that kind of attitude on the team. Now I could understand if you really had a strong connection with Barlow and he didn't, you know, wasn't happy with Gibson and just didn't want to be there. That's fine. You know, like it's better to leave if you're not fully bought in, you're not comfortable with the coaches, whatever. I would just also say, like, when he came in for that Clemson game, he did not look 100% to me. And if the medical staff said he was cleared to play and he played the way he did, 
you know, that that's where I say like, okay, if anything, he's going to move laterally or down a level or, you know, I, I mean, to me, it's like, if you lose a guy that's not bought in, then you're not losing out despite him being a senior. Um, you you need Chris Ingram to stay healthy now. Uh, Tayshawn Smith, um, you know, we need to go see if you can find a grad transfer, just something to add a little bit of depth back there. But I mean, the reality is like, if you lose your starting two corners, you're usually done anyways. And the secondary has just been the worst part of the NC state football team, pretty much under Dave Jordan. And so, you know, losing air quotes, your best corner, eh, I, you know, whatever, maybe get some other guys in there. Maybe you find something else. I mean, it's it's not ideal just from an experience standpoint, but you know, in reality, I'm not too bad about yeah, I mean, it. To be honest, let's be real, right? Doran clearly sensed that he needed to go a different direction. He allowed Gibson to run it, and Gibson went and got his guys. And at least the guys he's brought in have coached um, consistently, really good players, and brought in good players. And you know, George Barlow had you know, come from Vanderbilt and had like a little bit of buzz about him. But at the same time, like he's been here for a while and we've seen what he did and it's just time to move on. And if you don't want to be here, then, you know, leave. It's totally fine. Um, Yeah. I wonder if McLeod was one of those guys that Peyton Wilson was talking about at the end of the season when he was like, you know, if you don't want to put it in the work, then get the hell out. And (laughs) I mean, it's, True statement. Obviously, there's, there was guys there that weren't putting the effort in, and that's why he said yeah. it. And right. you just you, know. you better be out. He's got some issues. Don't get don't <laughs> run into cop cars. Yeah, don't get tackled. Don't, I mean, I I could imagine being so drunk and being Peyton Wilson and being like, I can tackle that car. <laughs> yeah, he's big, man. I saw him in person. He's yeah, we had dude. boots on the ground. Like, at, he's uh, tall. What uh, restaurant were you at? Angus yeah. Barn, yeah. Yeah, he's a big boy. Devin Carter's enormous, too. I couldn't believe that. It's like, oh, Devin Carter looks big on TV, so I'm I'm not surprised. He does. That. He looks he does. built, yeah. and he looks tall. I mean, he's someone I, I mean, I, I'm actually really excited about Devin Carter in the future. Um, and I think once, I mean, I'm also a big proponent of getting the speed back on offense. So I'm hoping if we got some fast wide receivers this year, a guy like Devin Carter, a guy like a Mecca, dude, these guys can't alley-oop for, Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. Um, I mean, they're up 20. Let it go. When you're up 20, you got to exclamate. Okay. You got to, I don't know. It looks like they're putting in some walk-ons who knows. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's like that. It's that. It's the, this is the worst part of the year, in my opinion, because it's like spring practice hasn't started. So it's like, and then yeah, and then exactly. you just saw a championship team. So you like saw what really really good football looked like, probably. Um, right. Oh, man. And and but hopefully basketball like just turns it up, or maybe I'll start streaming women's basketball. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, speaking of basketball, Cam Buchanan asks. If we don't finish in the top four of the ACC in basketball this year with a veteran squad in an overall down ACC, when will we? I think I don't have an answer to that, but I think that is what is so frustrating about NC State sports over the last, like, what, 20 years is all these opportunities where in 
you could step up and be that team, and we've just stayed right in the goddamn middle, and it drives me crazy. Um, so I don't know. I, I mean, are are we? A- uh, hopefully, Keats has figured out what kind of talent yeah. he needs, and he's he's bringing it in. And you know, we don't have that this problem anymore. But when you look at a team like like Louisville last year. Mm. They weren't very good. They were middle of the pack, right? And now they're really good this year. Like that's a that's a quick turnaround. Like Chris Mack knows what he wants out of basketball players and knows what he needs on his roster. It's a quick turnaround because he inherited like an A plus situation. Like, well, that's I mean that's fine, but he's he went from middle of the pack to top five in the country. I mean, I mean that's there's a difference in he he's brought in some talent already that that is making a difference for I, that team. And so I think he's got that figured yeah. out, which Keats did, I, I would just not. say, like, I always like to hedge a little bit on it's January and, you know, what the top t- he's, you know, they're top, they're top 10 sure. right now, top 11, top 10. And like, let's see it play out. Yeah. You know, everyone can look hot at the beginning of the year and then phase out. Um, I did really appreciate the announcer <laughs> to this Miami and state game saying that Gonzaga, whoever watches them. <laughs> yeah. Yes, my dad. My dad loves. I mean, I wish I could stream it. I guess. Um, Yeah, I mean, my thing is, I I was just gonna say, like, are we, are we even that veteran of a team right now? Um, CJ Bryce, Markel. So that's about it. Braxton's a junior. What I I was gonna say is like, okay, so we just list off three guys. One of those has been out for the last four games, right? It like how how do we feel if we are? What's our record right now? Um, eleven and five, about yeah. like twelve. And so five. if we're thirteen and five, or no, thirteen and three, right? Like, say we pick up the Clemson game and pick up the Virginia Tech game. Is anyone complaining at all? Right? Yeah. Uh, I I would just say kind of let it play out. You know, I'd like to see what we look like full strength for a couple games here. Um, with you know, hopefully CJ can get back from whatever happened to him. Like, let's not get into it, but. I, I don't know. I'm not. Uh, I, I go in with pretty. I didn't have top four expectations anyways this year. Like it's I just think it's really hard to be a top four ACC team if the ACC is good. And then, you know, here's the thing. Get healthy and the rest of the ACC looks like trash outside of a couple teams. So you have the opportunity to go on a big run here. Yeah, I don't know what I expected. I expected better. I think we talked about this last week. I expected Markel to be the second half of last year, Markel, as opposed to whatever we've seen so far. And that's part of it. Because if you have have him and you don't lose C.J. Bryce to some fluke thing, then, you know, know, maybe your record is a little bit different. But... It's it's just going to be a big what you want to get you want the double buy, so whatever that whatever you need to get into the double buy in the ACC tournament that's what you want you need to get there, and um, you know Scottio asks also can we acknowledge that Clemson's win over Duke USC shows that our loss at Clemson wasn't bad as fans overreact with negativity now see I'm going to disagree with that it's still a bad loss just because they beat Duke and Carolina you know when it comes to the end of the year it's going to it's still likely, unless they for somehow keep this hot streak up, it's likely that it's going to be counted as a bad loss. They're nine and seven right now. 
They've lost to Colorado, Minnesota, South Carolina, FSU, Yale, and Miami, who we just beat by 20. Their best win was a two-point win over TCU. This is before the streak. So it, it was still a bad loss. I, I mean, it's a weird year in the ACC. I get it. But Clemson's not a very good basketball team. And, uh, you know, that's yeah. just because they've won these two games. I don't I mean, think that changes it. They're 3-3 and three in the ACC. Um, it, it's, yeah. it is, I think it is more impressive to me. Beating Duke, UNC is clearly struggling right now and you know if we get this unc team and they're as hurt as they are when we get to play them and we win then i will be like well they suck and if we lose i will be very worried because our loss to georgia tech looks bad in my mind the way we played at clemson was really bad and if you shovel any more losses from Pitt, north carolina notre dame wake forest like those guys are the the bottom and by the way we're just one up from those guys so we're not playing well. And this is like, this is the complaint that we had in football, right? Which was outside of Clemson, the rest of the, our division was up for grabs. And then we, we cellar dwellered, right? Yeah. And then you look at it right now and you're like, Jesus Christ, we're doing it again in basketball. And we don't, we don't really have a good excuse. I mean, maybe it's not fair to think, okay, Markel's going to be in it Markel. Um, you know, maybe that's just not a fair expectation to have. But at the same time, like, you can't have the Markel that shows up for Clemson, the one that shows up for Virginia Tech. You know, like, people are praising what he did against Notre Dame. Well, Notre Dame sucks. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, this is kind of off on tangent. I think Brad Brownell is a good coach. I mean, he obviously he's one at the lower levels. He must be a really bad recruiter because you would think you'd be able to get some talent to Clemson. I mean, ride the wave of the football program and just you know cash in on that hype. You would think that he would be able to get some talent. He must be a really bad like recruiter a or his staff. Basic really white dude. He seems boring. He doesn't play fun basketball. Like he is like the he is uh, <laughs> he's Tony Bennett without having that salt and pepper. Good look, you know, nice. That was that was a line just for my girlfriend when she listens to this tomorrow. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I just uh, yeah, I mean, if if Clemson got like the equivalent of of what Bennett brings in at UVA, I think Brunel would be better. But he, he just isn't that. I mean, man, he was he, he he's the only reason he's here is because Will Wade isn't there. You know, that's. Yeah, that's such a weird story. I mean, too. man, damn. Virginia Did lost they really? the game. Oh my gosh, my my yeah. my F- friend, her grandfather, I think, has been keeping the stats for like twenty or thirty or forty years for UVA, like at their games. Uh, so this must be devastating for their household. And uh, you know what? I'm not sad because you guys won a championship. Yeah, like who cares? <laughs> I mean, that, <laughs> I'd still be riding high off the national championship last year. You don't expect Tony Bennett to bring in the five stars. He'll probably. Good. Coach these guys up in three years, they'll be all be seniors and they'll be in the I gotta say, like UVA's (laughs) loss to um what was it, UMBC and then following up with national title. Like that's I I always like step back, I'm like, that's the NC State story that just never gets (laughs) 
You know what I mean? Like this yeah. never gets completed. <laughs> never we, we've, we've accomplished the first part yeah. of the, the crap situation. It's, it would be very exciting when Kevin Keats takes us to the promised land. And it's going to be this year. I'm calling it right now. <laughs> I like it. I like the early call your shot. Uh, how, how pop. Ugh, let me try this again. How apocalyptic. Apocalyptic. They spelled it wrong. It threw me off. Should, a pop, apoplectic. Oh, it's spelled apocalyptic. Should oh, the fan base okay. be. Okay. Apoplectic. Okay. Should the fan base. <laughs> I, I was thinking, thinking apocalyptic. Something else. <laughs> Yeah, me too. Uh, should the fan base be if the team doesn't split with the holes this year? Uh, uh, let me take this. If Cole Anthony's out, we should clean their clocks. If if they somehow get healthy and he and get him back, uh, I'd still be disappointed with a split, man. Like, go out and beat their asses. I'm I'm tired of UNC basketball is really bad this year. Like. Yeah, I don't even know if Cole Anthony should really be that important uh, in that equation. As, as long as Markel goes and has a decent game, that's fine. I guess I would love... Let me ask you like this. Would you rather have the win at home or have the win at the Dean Dome if you split? I mean, at home, I guess, right? At least you have an excuse to lose on the road. I love seeing that silent fan base, though, when we win there. That's true, man. I love seeing them empty out 10 minutes left. Can I get those spritzers, man? (laughs) Yeah. I just learned a new word. Apoplexy. (laughs) Apoplexy is bleeding within within internal organs and the accompanying symptoms. Well, that doesn't define our football team. (laughs) Yeah. And it's podcast. What truth. (laughs) Apologize for bastardizing that one. Matt Murphy asked, what was the bigger recruiting whiff for Kevin Keats losing Sadiq Bay after he signed his letter of intent or not having a backup plan for the possibility of Jalen Q not making it to Raleigh? And your backup plan. I'll add to that, not having a backup plan for Sebron not being academically eligible. I mean, all three of those are yeah. not good. Um, And that's what – they contribute to my – theory that Kevin Keats is trying to figure out roster management. I, I guess so. Um, gosh, what Sebron was basically going to be what the equivalent of Andrew. No, Andrew is more of a forward, right? I guess he's like a taller Bryce. He's supposed to be a, he's supposed to be a point guard. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's supposed to be a guard. Point guard. Um, Ball handler. Well, the thing with Sebron is like, I will take a chance on a guy where you're like 90% sure he's not going to qualify the first year. But you're, you you yeah. feel confident you will get him for the remaining years. That's worth the risk, I think. Look, you, man, I either you either they just thought he was really good, but not that good, or they just made a mistake there. I mean, maybe you say, look, okay, I've got two point guards right now. I got Markel who's playing super hot, and if Markel leaves, I want to try to replace him with a super hot potential guy. And then worst case scenario, I've got, uh, boy, I feel like I have to ask this every week. Who was the guy that transferred? That was our point guard. Um, Blake Harris. Blake Harris. Oh, man. Um, I just think it was like the worst way it could have gone. Um, you, you know, you, you yeah. still don't want to be relying on Darian Sebron or, you know, you know what I mean? Like, right. You want your right. studs to play. I'll forgive him. I mean, Sadiq Bay. 
Okay, first off, haven't seen Sadiq play at all this year. Um, he's only averaging 18 yeah, points. Yeah, but who's he playing? I mean, Villanova's really – he's with Villanova, Villanova, right? I mean, Villanova's really good. Yeah. And you know what? He had uh, two points against Ohio State. Uh, he had 33 yeah, against George, Georgetown. Isn't Georgetown on a big slump right now too? Aren't they bad? Oh, uh, they're 11 and 6. Apparently, he was posterizing. Oh, we are surprising. We've seen that happen. Um, <laughs> you know, I guess like the thing is, like, I guess it's uh, I, I've. I mean, whose fault is that? I can't fault him for yeah, Sadiq Bay. Yeah, I can't fault him for Sadiq Bay because he had at the time Sasha Kalea Jones, and you don't realize that guy is just going to get kicked off the team wow. and never see the floor. So I think that's. <laughs> Uh, you know that's part what, of it. What's even happened? So him? I think the LaCue thing is a bigger mistake. I'm, I'm looking right question. now. Um, I don't even know how to spell his name. So why he's <laughs> looking that up? I'll ask. It's, it's hard. S a c h a. I don't know how to spell the last one. Google should tell you. Pack Eddie asked, "Gun to your head? Do we make the tournament this year?" Gun to my head? Do we make the tournament? I would say yeah. Uh, depending on if we get shafted or let's say, assuming we don't get shafted like last year, I think this team will win enough to make the tournament. Although I did see on bracketology, which drives me crazy because they've been doing this for, you know, game one and they have, they put their bracket out and it's just not going to stupid, but um <laughs> Yeah, it was updated that we were out, and I don't think I don't think that'll last. We were where we were like a four seed two weeks ago or three weeks ago or something like that. I mean, so it's all over the place. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. I'd say yes. Interesting. You know what? I I was looking at the UK website for SKJ here, and they list the Twitter handles for their players. That's interesting. Huh. Oh. That, that would well, be bad. Uh, it's very like bad that. from what I saw today from some people posting at uh, or from a few weeks back posting at Nick McLeod. Let me just go on. Let me just say this real quick. Um, do not do your thing. tweet <laughs> negative things at our players. Don't critique our players. Don't even bother trying to critique our coaches because if they do ever respond to you, it's not going to go well. It's not going to go well from a public you know, like a PR image for us. It's probably not going to go well for you. Like, I don't understand trying to dunk on our players. Um, at the same time, interactions with players do not lead to players leaving the school. At least one interaction. Um, you know, I can think of a guy like Kyle Bambard that weathered a horrible storm of shit that came at him. And he... You know, he stuck through it, and I mean, like, more power to him, man. That guy must have, like, mental fortitude off the field. That's insane um, to, to get through that. But, you know, I I don't understand why anyone would, would try to go critique our players. If you want to tweet at players and you can, you know, ask them if you can DM them or, um, you know, try to have a friendly public discourse with them, that's fine. But, like, these guys take it hard. I remember one time I was like going through uh, the roster after a spring or summer, whenever they changed like all the, the player weights and everything. And I was just, I made a file 
that showed like who gained, who lost. And I was talking about it. And like Tyson Chandler reached out to me and was like really upset with something I had said and had, had, I had poorly phrased it. And then he had equally had misinterpreted it. And so, you know, he was very upset about it and he said something to me and I reached back out to him and I said, Hey, like, I think I didn't communicate this properly. Like, I'm just saying I'm impressed for like a guy of your size to be able to move at this. Like I can barely move at my size. I'm 180 pounds at the time. Like, these guys take stuff seriously and they got a lot of stuff going on. And if a guy just lost his favorite coach, for example, like you don't need to get in there and try to dunk on him. I don't see what you're trying to do as a fan at that point. Um, what outcome are you looking for, for him to be like, yeah, Barlow was crap. And you know, you know what I mean? Like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, they were putting us in a cover two shell and that we should have never done that. Like, no, you're not going to get that interaction. So don't do it. Like either congratulate the players or or just keep it to yourself, man. Keep it on the boards or or if you're going to talk about it on Twitter, like, you know, talk about it on Twitter, but just leave our players out of it, man. Like don't don't at them. It, it's just a bad it's a bad look. Um and then flip on that like I'm getting really tired of seeing people say that public discourse uh about teams leads to transfers. Like I 100% disagree. Um if Nick McLeod transfers to an SEC school, for example, he will probably get more vitriol there than he would probably get here. I mean, I, you know, that that's, you're allowed to, to, you're allowed to express yourself online. Get over it, people. Like it's not what it, it doesn't have the effect that I think you think it has. It's a tired conversation and it's a lazy conversation. And yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think it's ridiculous because we're pale in comparison to any of other fan bases that are serious about football. Uh, Sasha Clay Jones is currently playing, averaging nine points, three rebounds for BC Kalev Kramo of the Estonia oh, League. Man, do you th- third place, the third place BC Kalev Is that Kramo. where Elian Eptimov was <laughs> from or um... – God, what was the guy's name? Oh, he used to wear a leather jacket. Eftimov was from, yeah, Eftimov from it, Bulgaria. Who was Eftimov? Uh, that's what it was. Okay, I was thinking Eftimov was like the taller forward. Maybe had a little bit of a good three ball stroke. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. He is twenty twenty draft eligible. Gonna have to do a little bit more, bud. <laughs> Uh, that's frustrating, man. You know, I, I did. Did Sadiq Bay really leave because we took Sasha, or did we get Sasha because we were worried about Sadiq? I have no idea. I don't pay attention to basketball recruiting that closely. Uh, we'd have to you ask someone here. They're all getting paid under the table. Everyone's to. playing illegally. Oh my god! I got it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's under the table and on camera. If you're what? Odell oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, right. That, that's got to get some, uh, <laughs> like, if that doesn't result in some kind of penalty. <laughs> what? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> what? You know what's happening. Like, you know what's happening. Just, you didn't yeah, expect it to happen the field, on the field. On camera, like, I, I mean, I expect OBJ to be like, yeah, that was Monopoly money, bros. I was. Oh. I will yeah. say the best, my favorite part of the sports weekend uh, was um, Marshawn Lynch giving a post presser for, I don't know, maybe a minute and a half. 
and basically telling uh, telling all these young athletes what they need to hear. And I think at the time it was at least on Twitter it was like criticized because like white people on the East Coast have no idea what he was saying, but. He basically, I'll, I'll, I'll paraphrase it as he said, you know, you got to take care of your, he said, you got to take care of your bread, take care of your mentals, take care of your chicken. And, you know, like yeah. I was watching, I was like, I feel like I understand what he's saying. It's like, take care of your finances, take care of your body, take care of your, your mental health. Because if you want to retire like I did and have a good time afterwards and like not be sweating everything you got to be smart up front. And I was, you know, I was like, damn, I was like, he probably just reached so many people by saying it in a way that makes no sense to most people. You know what I mean? But like, I was watching, I was like, I, that's like, I want to make that like my, my life philosophy. Like, man, take care of your body, take care of your (laughs) your mental, take care care of your chicken, chicken, man. I just had some barbecue chicken tonight. I feel like I'm following the plan. So thanks, Marshawn. (laughs) The Marshawn plan for life success. Uh, Speaking of football, we got some questions. Uh, Which of the QBs in the roster are currently in the transfer portal? Do you think you do we believe can run the Tim Beck's offense? I'll give you mine, Felipe Franks. Well, Felipe Franks is going to Kansas, first of all. Is it still? Uh, I think that's all but given. It's not, but I think it's pretty understand. And then I asked my buddy, CT's a big Florida fan and a big NC State troll. So I, Naturally, I asked him, and I used to always joke him, joke about him with Felipe Franks because he was really bad. Strong arm, good athlete, can't read defenses, bad at going through progressions. Gator were better with a two-star quarterback who hadn't started a game since Pop Warner. Um, so that tells you how much Felipe Franks. Wait, is is yeah, that really true about their quarterback? He hadn't. It is true. Yeah. How do you? How do you yeah. get? Yeah, he was a high school backup. I forgot the story about it. I remember it happening. Oh, my gosh. Well, you know yeah. what? We're going to have our own version of that because our one of our fast wide receivers was a punter his junior year because there was like a senior ahead of him on the depth chart. And then they finally let him play wide receiver this year, and he like averaged, you know, like 20 yards a catch or something like that. I mean, which is crazy. And I was yeah. like, all I could think of, though, I was like, fake punts. I know. I, we got the Kyle Bambard again. Here it is. Right. <laughs> Guys, he could run a fake punch. Yeah. I looked through the transfer portal just to see, and there's like two names that I would even recognize. There's, I mean, there's a couple, but I can't imagine any of these guys are better than what we have. Uh, other than KJ Costello, the Stanford quarterback, who's a grad transfer. But he's a pro-style quarterback, no whatever that is these days. Um, uh you're just there's just nobody on this list that's like ooh let's get that you know that makes sense or that's a somebody that we could land I mean it's just a bunch of unless you know we're talking FCS guys that maybe aren't on this list and maybe Someone get a high, best, high FCS the, guy. one of the best cases for yeah. us if it ever happened was if the Clemson backup quarterback was available yeah yeah um, Bryce right yeah I mean I would just say this like. I'm not one to tell someone to like not follow recruiting for a moment, but like I would just not bother. Like, you know, like no one had Jacoby Brissett on their radar. No one had Ryan Finley on their radar. Like I'll trust Dave and Beck to yeah. kind of go find somebody. Um, and, and I don't think you have, I mean, my thing is like, I don't think you have to be that good of a throwing quarterback to be effective anymore. 
we just need, I mean, I would just, if we could get someone that is like, you know, in that 220, 230 range, that is basically like a, a running back who can throw decently, that's fine, you know, for one year if needed. But, I, you know, Tim Beck could also get in there and be like, hey, man, we got plenty of talent here. It, would, it just wasn't used right. And Kentucky won, what, Kentucky won nine or ten games yeah, with a wide receiver as quarterback. It's possible. Like that guy threw four passes against LS or against uh, Louisville, and they won that game. Four passes, four. He ran for two hundred eighty yards or something like that. But he threw four passes. So I don't. I have no idea who's going to be. I guess Anthony Brown, the Boston College quarterback. I would take him. He's a dual threat guy. He was, I don't even care if he's good for five games. Yeah, he played well against out, us. I would take him. Yeah, he doesn't have any knees. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, this list is, you know, I've seen some better lists before. And I think, you know, this is Anthony uh, Brown, if I remember so correctly, I thought he was like averaging like 11 yards of completion or something like that. Um, or no, it was a per yeah. attempt um, before he got hurt. Um, yeah, I mean, he he's. We lose that game up there or we lose that game against them. Was it two years ago when he first got hurt? Oh if he doesn't gosh. get hurt. Like if he doesn't, get, if he plays that game, or he finishes don't, that don't game. Don't start triggering me, man. There's there's a couple games like that. If you go back and like really dig into it, where you're like, yeah. oh man, you have Naheem Hines bailing you out uh, with a last minute punt return, or you know, a big run, or you got Chubb making a, you know, that that's like NC State yeah. at its core is just we are so we are so thin. I feel like. In like basketball is a good example, right? You lose CJ Bryce and it's just like, are are we even functional? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, right. I, I I hope that Tim Beck though like comes in and just says like, no, nah, dude, we got the we got the goods right here. You got we got four guys here that I could work with, and I mean this is his thing, man. He knows quarterbacks, yeah. so if we don't bring anyone in, I I would say that's a thumbs up. And if he brings someone in, then it's like a okay, yeah, we did have bad quarterbacks. If he brings somebody in, I really want to question everything scouting that we've had for the quarterback position over the last I don't know wow. how many years. Because, yeah, I mean, we Jacoby was a transfer, Finley was a transfer. And then you have these four guys, and they're just young. I get it. I think they're all – there's got to be talent in there. My, the odds say that one of them is good enough to play, maybe a bit young. But I got to think one – I got to think Team Beck sees one of them. Like, oh, that I'm guy's honest, got man. something, you know, right? The, the quarterback guru himself, uh, Matt Canada, is, is going to go in, and save the day at Pittsburgh now. And, you know, he's the, he's the only guy who knew quarterbacks that we've ever had. <laughs> Matt Cannon is going to f- forget that oh Jay Sands on that roster at least one game that next year, and it's going to everybody. If his Rollins first like act isn't to promote Jay Sam to quarterback. He has failed me because <laughs> Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph, or whatever his name, they are garbage. They are so bad. And yeah. again, I mean, don't ever play those guys in in D- DFS, guys. I'll tell you that right now. Um, I did, gosh, that's I did, when I saw that I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Like that's not—he's not even known for quarterbacks. Um, very weird. weird, isn't it? I, yeah, I, I just, yeah. All right, here's the next question for you. Answer this one under thirty seconds. 
If Trent Penix runs a 4-3-40, why do you think he didn't get more touches and have a significant impact with his size speed? Would you see him move to the he H-back have potentially? That's my thing. Um, it, it yeah. To me, it just comes down to shuttle, and I, I, he looks good in a straight line. I thought he was going to be a safety. I think he could be a linebacker. I think he's got Agreed. better utility. Agreed. People are just way too uh, quick to label people as H-backs, and... You know, I think we got yeah. spoiled by JSAM and you saw like what an incredible H back can be, basically. And you know, let's just see. Maybe Beck finds a way. If Penix if we didn't have the linebacker core we'd have we have right now, I bet you Penix would have been moved to linebacker. Like or another so deep it wouldn't nickel. make any sense. Like uh, I don't I mean, know he's, he's shifty enough. It would be interesting to see because he is fast. And if he's just yeah. a trick play magician, then that's fine too. Yeah. Do you anticipate any position changes to fit the scheme and make best use of the personnel on offense or defense? Doesn't say. Either or. I can't. Th- I mean, I think you have to look at that question and look at what are the glaring holes. And I mean, the the main question would be: Do you keep Cecil Powell on? Yeah, he'll stay there. Defense. Or offense, whatever he defense. switched, he switched to offense, or he's go back to defense. The, the reason they brought in all that speed on offense I think so was too. to fill up, make up for that. Um, you know, I think, and I think his future is on defense side of the ball. I'm just trying to think of anyone in like the secondary or like the linebackers could shift. Um, Tight end, maybe, and you never know which. I mean. Which defensive guy could go to the offensive line or vice versa? You see that happen a lot. But tight end is probably the one where we don't have the most depth, I would imagine. Unless there's a secret quarterback hiding on our well, roster somewhere. Parham, like, maybe. Skullthorpe um, is actually you know, Maybe just Parham doesn't get put into the blocking role. And maybe they just let him be kind of a, a pass. Or maybe yeah. he becomes like a real H-back. Um, he might be an interesting one. It's tough, man. I mean, here's the thing. I don't think this... From a high level perspective, Tim Beck's not not going to come in and like massively change the scheme. In my opinion, I think you're going to go back to a run no. heavy, you know, kind of scheme that's going to try to optimize and put the wide receivers in a good spot. I mean, I guess he could surprise us and go more spread, but I, it doesn't seem like that makes sense year one with personnel. No, I think with personnel, it's going to be. How can I get my running backs in position in open space? Right? Am I gonna? I think you'll probably see a mix of running from some power formations and take some mix of running from the spread. And I think that's what you want to see because if you're a state fan, you have three running backs, and that's what you need to lean into because those guys are good. And I think there's I'd potential love to see there. them try so, to get Houston more one-on-one kind of matchups or I'd love to see like two backs in the field. Um, I was watching, I think maybe Kansas city was doing that this weekend or maybe it was another team, but I, I like that look. Um, yeah. You don't see it very often. I, I just, I was, here's my question. Here's my question about the chiefs. They always seem to have, they always seem, everybody seems to be 20 yards downfield. Anyway, somebody's open. Is there offense? Is their offensive line that good, or is it some sort of like they just run in four streaks? No, hey, I, would, I mean, here's the thing. 
This, I mean, the best way to be successful in the NFL is to get a really good rookie quarterback so you can just spend out like crazy everywhere else. Kelsey, there's hardly any – I mean, yeah. there's no one like Kelsey. I mean, Kittle is kind of in that realm, but, I mean, not even close to what he can do in the air. And then Hill, I mean, Hardeman, uh, even Watkins, even though he's been garbage this year. Um, and then – I mean, they have so much speed and Andy Reed is really damn good uh, at scheming. Uh, he is yeah. so, so fun. It's so fun to watch. I mean, I always liked watching what they did at Philly, even though I hate Philadelphia and the people there. Um, Andy Reed was fun to watch on offense. Um, I think it, man, he, he just, what's crazy about that game. If you go back and watch like, you know, the first few drives while Tex, you know, while the Texans were just beating them up, Dudes were just dropping passes, and if and if you look at them, they're like five or six yards separated from everybody. I, I yeah. that game should have been fifty-one to zero from the start. In reality, I, man, they're they're <laughs> fun to watch. I'm 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 just glad that we have something fun to watch. Like I was going to kill myself if I had to watch Bill O'Brien right. and Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, okay, the Texans are kind of fun because, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Derrick Henry is awesome to watch, but oh, man, it's like this, this Super Bowl run could have been so fun. Like you could have had Chiefs and Ravens. You could have had um, Breeze. I think you could have had Breeze versus Wilson at least. And now it's like you're getting like a bunch of cloud in the dust types and then just like a complete. You know, if the Chiefs don't win the Super Bowl, it's a disaster. That's our NFL pod. Thank you for tuning in. Yeah. Uh, back to the Wolfpack. What do you think their pitch is at Junior Day? <laughs> is this targeted to Will Shipley or to all of the juniors? Um, yeah, right. I would say the pitch is obviously um, that season was a freak accident from an injury perspective. And... We've also seen how the the game is evolving in this league, and we've made changes to to match that and to get ahead of it. And we're looking forward to you know you know starting over with these guys, but also like, hey, you've got an opportunity to make an impact here right away. By the time you get here, everything's gonna be settled with Beck. Everything's gonna be settled with Gibbs, and you know you're just gonna be that final piece of the puzzle. That's what I would say to everyone. And then I would pull Will Shipley aside and be like, your family will disown you if you go anywhere else. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they got to, they got to, they got to land the guy. What is it with the perception that maybe it's not even perception state doesn't do well historically with legacy players. I mean, they just have it. And the perception is with Carolina, like you hear always Carolina, legacy going to Carolina. Like it seems like a very weird disconnect there. What, I would what say is that? that um especially in the NFL um when our players go to the league, they're successful and they're there for a long time and their roots get spread all over the country. And they don't, you know, they don't stick around in in North Carolina the whole time like all these washouts from UNC do. Um I'd also say having, you know, we, we have to understand that the marketing power of UNC's basketball is important. Um, and, and, you know, it's just, there's, 
some weird effect that that color of blue has on people. I, I can't say anything more than that. It's, I think also it's just like, who, who have we really missed? That was critical. Um, you know, people are going to talk about downs. Uh, like we don't even know if he's, yeah, I don't even know if he's that good. And I, you know, it's like, I don't have the data yet on his child. Um, I don't think we've had the history of having, yeah, like I don't think we've had the history there. So now, I think I don't remember if it was O'Brien or Amato that emphasized bringing back the old players and all that. Like I wonder if that plays a part in, yeah. plays a part in it, right? And then you get your old players to really buy into uh, the program and really get them to sell it, and then. You know, maybe the, maybe the next generation over the next, you know, God, five, ten years at most. And you'll start to see, you know, Ray Robinson's kid or something, you know, something like that. You know, I don't know, nah, man, uh, Russell's kid. You know, maybe you see start to see those guys. Look, yeah, we Russell's take, kid. we'll take Russell's one, uh, one child from Russell and then the other can go to Wisconsin and wherever Sierra went. And then that's fine. Um, <laughs> He's got to have twins. I think. He's got to have twins. Awesome. I mean. I, here's the thing, man. We had a poorly run athletic department for a long ass time. And you know what? It is yes, very high, yes. it's highly probable that the outreach was inconsistent. And, um, you know, they probably did a better job of connecting with former basketball players than they did with their football program. And I don't want to rehash anything else from like the Fowler and, and prior era. Um, but I just remember, I can't, God, it must have been like 2009, 2007. I can't remember when it was. I was looking at it, but I was looking at, um, it was like some newsletter or like something for the athletics department. And our, like our version of it was so embarrassing looking. Like it looked like it was practically wingdings on there. And then I looked at like Georgia Tech's and it was like the most professional looking document I'd ever seen. And I was just like, this is our problem. Like, we're not run by yeah. smart, educated people running a business. We're run by good old boys. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a big problem or had been a big problem. Uh, all right. 30 second answer. What are the chances Leary starts high. at QB this fall? <laughs> uh, four to one. High. I think he's, I mean, how many, how many, how many other quarterbacks are there? Four yeah. to one, three to one. Um, he's, he's got the edge. Yeah. I mean, it's it has me super yeah. worried, but it's who else is it going to be at this point? Yeah, I'm not super worried. I don't know why. I'm giving it the the youth excuse. I just it, it's hard for me to fathom that they're all that bad, and that's probably why. Like, I'm just playing the odds here that these kids are they're highly rated for a reason, and if you know, they get some experience expectations, and like it'll be fine. And like my expectations are like just be like sixty percent completion, like that that will be monumental. Like just just get that part of your game under control. Is there anything in the last decade that surprised you with NC State football? Uh, <laughs> uh, beating Florida State, um, the Mike Glennon year, we were in a. I was living in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. I was in Atlanta and I was telling these guys that we were all out to dinner. A big, I think it was a birthday party actually. And I was like, "Yeah, man." I was like, "Keep an eye." I was like, "If we can keep it close, we can get through halftime." I was like, "I guarantee that um, Jimbo is gonna go full on Jimbo." 
and do all the wrong things as the like, game goes on. And we switched bars. We went to another place to go uh, play like indoor bocce. And uh, my buddy's like, dude, look at the score. And I looked up and I was like, here it goes. And so we watched the game for like 30, 40 minutes. And um, that final play, like it was awesome. And that was that's my favorite like football moment of that time yeah. frame, other than maybe the Clemson win, like out of nowhere against um, Sammy Watkins and uh, dude is not even in the league yeah. anymore. <laughs> Amerson was wild in that game, and Tobias Palmer took a screen pass to the house. That's what I remember from that. Mm. Tosh Boyd, yeah, old TB. Uh, yeah, I can't. Th- I mean, there's been some good moments. Maybe the fact that it blew two kicks against Clemson. I wonder how that would have changed the trajectory of things. I don't know if that necessarily surprised me. I think the last decade has been pretty much on par with NC State historically. Yeah, weird. Maybe um, Brian Kelly throwing it 36 times in a hurricane. That's probably the weird one. That, that's that's the craziest the game I've been at. You know, driving down for that. And, uh, I, I met, um, I met up with a, uh, Matt Purdy at a bar, um, you and Wolfpack, I think that's what his handle is. But, um, like halfway, we were at halftime and I was like, I was like, dude, are you at a bar or something like that? Like, <laughs> I gotta get out of this water, out of this weather. Cause if we lose, I'm not sitting here for the second half with, uh, whatever further national yeah. emergency is about to happen here. And, uh. Driving down Glenwood after that game, and like, oh my god, man, that was. I, I thought I was gonna die five times that night, but it would have win. <laughs> um, there's a couple other questions. Let's see. I think they're kind of related. KMS thoughts on the overall foundation of the two revenue sports. Boo hasn't commented publicly. You think he has a plan to raise the bar in football and basketball? Just seems like we can't accomplish or win mm. anything. Quick answer is I think the investment he's putting into the football program is kind of seen with this staff. I think these guys are getting paid well. This is a little bit higher than we've seen before. I I, I got to hope that after this basketball season, we'll have a little bit more um, exposure to Boo and what he's thinking and all that stuff. But yeah, it's hard to answer that. The overall foundation, yeah. I, I think, is pretty good. He he just got Dave yeah. a bunch of money to go get other coaches. Like, I think, um, I think he was smart about it. It wasn't like anything out of control. And if you know, like, say next year or the year after that tail spins out, he's got an exit ramp. Um, yeah, it'd just be nice to see like what the grand picture is. Um, yeah. WM Dietrich asks, was thinking about this the other day. Yao did a great job with the fil- facility renovations and upgrades. What's left on that list for Boo? Baseball needs some help, but most other facilities seem to be in good shape now. Uh, it's For football especially, it's an arms race. You just have to be constantly improving. And we, we've talked about this maybe a couple weeks ago about how the stadium experience at Carter-Finley really needs a lot of help, you know, concessions and you know, technology and all that stuff just needs to be improved right now because the game day experience is a yeah. C right. And I think you need to, you need to be better there. I think that's probably the most, in, to me, it's the most important. I mean, I like baseball and all, but 
I don't think that's super high on uh, on the list as far as yeah getting I attention. Mean, I hate to say it, but like, what's the ROI on having a good baseball program when you have a good football and basketball that's, or yeah. Good. An established football and basketball program, right? Like we're not UNC Wilmington or ECU or UNC. Who is it out there? Um, coastal? No. Um, yeah, yeah, Coastal. The Chanticleers. Yeah. They won a couple um, years ago. Like for those kind of schools, it makes complete sense because that's a that's a place where you can get an edge because uh, your academic standards are different and baseball players aren't the smartest. And I'm sorry for all the baseball players I offended, but I played baseball with a lot of you and you're dumb. Um, <laughs> no, like, I mean, it's just it, I, I've never understood the obsession with NC State fans and baseball. I mean, maybe it's just because, like, I don't know, growing up in North Carolina, like baseball was pretty big for a state that doesn't have a pro team. Um, you know, but yeah. I, I, like, what's the point in investing in that further to me? Um, Elliot Avon isn't getting better. Um yeah, I, I said it. I said it. We're what, like ranked 16th? I mean, it's like every damn year it's the same thing. And like that's the thing. It's like if you get the same thing no matter what and you're just good enough to be relevant, then like why invest more? I can totally understand that that argument. Um, the stadium experience really needs to improve. People complain about that all the time. I mean, it's it's just the same equation over and over. It's like if you haven't been going and tailgating at football games for 10, 15, 20 years, it's really hard to get people to leave their couches, leave their homes. People are more exhausted than ever, man. You know, yeah. the economy is hard on some people and it's just hard. You know, it's hard to drive two or three hours one way and go there, chill, have fun and then come back. It's, it's, it's asking a lot. And if you're not really good at football, it, it just makes it difficult. So let me ask you this question. If you had a blank slate, like no constraints, you could do one thing to any sport, NC State sport, what would it be? Like what would be improvement or change? What would you make? I mean, my thing is I think everything is about the guys behind the scenes and the staff. So if I could like have a large sum of money, I would go get a bunch of analysts and people to help with recruiting and like all the stuff behind the football fortresses. That's what Dabo talks about all the time. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you ask Saban and he would be talking openly about it, that's, that's what I'd say. I would, I would invest behind the scenes at football. If I could like triple whatever that budget is, we could be a completely different program. I mean, I gave you an opportunity. I would, here's what I would say. Move the men's basketball back to oh. Reynolds. That's what I would do. Okay, that would well, be my one. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think I could break a ninety-nine year contract <laughs> or whatever was signed. Um, God, they just think all the good parking you could have if you just imploded the PNC Center, added some more spots, God. you could make a nice little. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing is like, I'd love to study the economics of this because I. I don't know if Debbie actually replied to me or not, but basically she had gone on and said, you know, you do this, you have a smaller seat profile and you got X amount of season ticket holders. How do you adjust for this? Blah, 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 blah. And I was just like, you just need to lottery it out. Like you, you basically say like, 
you know, you invest in three quarters of the games. Like you guys have access to these tickets and then we will, you know, we'll dedicate them out. And every two or three years, like this stuff would rotate. Um, there, there's ways around it, but man, it just seems like that would be a huge advantage. Huge. It's all, it would be awesome. Yeah. Watching that NIT game there last year versus Lipscomb. I mean, it was a freaking Lipscomb game and that place was, yeah. it was I would certainly place. drive down there a lot more to see games yeah. in that venue. I mean, like the PNC is nice from like, it's, it's just fine. fine. It's fine. And it's like, I can go have that exact same yeah. experience at any other, you know, 16 to 20,000 seat arena. There's nothing special about that place except for hockey. That's a completely different thing. Yeah. Oh, man, hockey's cool, man. Uh, <laughs> quick answer. If we could pull the Clemson theoretically and had to go all in on one of our revenue sports, what would it be? We're a football-based yeah. podcast. I think we're a football-based fan base. That's yeah. a no-brainer question. Do, do we get to all turn in into football. Clemson? Like, we're that damn good? I would say football. Because football, Ooh. you know, like football gets the clicks, man. Once you get to that tournament at the end of the year, it's all, you know, who knows what can happen. How many questions do we get about football versus basketball? I think that answers everything. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, we've we've said it before. Just people really. And I think that's just it's the the generation that we're in right now, the time we're in. That football's just more interesting, and the conversation is three sixty five about football now, and not just us. I mean, you look everywhere else. ESPN talks about well, football they don't all year talk around. About UVA and. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. That's true too. Um, I think that concludes our football portion of this podcast. But yeah, I mean, all in on football. I just it's get rid of everything else so but all towards football. <laughs> Scotty O asked, "How about some ski ball or SEO tips?" And I said, "These are both in my limited wheelhouse." Um, but also, there's one at the question. bottom. What is one thing? Yeah. What is one thing you think you do better than anyone else? It could be quirky or unique. So I'm going to tie these two together. At one point in my life, I was a LeBron James of skee-ball. Like, I walked around like, there's nobody better than this at me. you know, Or nobody better at this than I am. There's some other good players. But I thought consistently, I was like, man, I felt really good that nobody could beat me. And that was a really weird feeling that I had one day. I was like, holy crap. Like, I know this is really stupid. It's a like there's probably like 500 people that play, but I was like, yeah, I'm the best. There's no way beating me. And so that was it. I was so the key is, and I'll give you the. I need the keys, man. I, I need the keys because I I can't figure this game out. So tell me. So all right, there's three different kinds of ski ball machines. There's the old school ones, like the yellow with the little nets. There's the red ones that are beer ball and they spit out tickets for like free drinks and stuff. And then there's the blue ones that are janky plastic and it's called ice ball. Don't okay. ever play ice ball. It's garbage. So if you're playing beer ball, the red ones, which is probably more popular now. And you want to hit the, the hundreds in the corners, just bank it off the glass. It's, you just aim for the corner. You go from one side, like a diagonal line across. Don't even look at the pocket. Hit the Try to hit the glass like six inches above that top pocket. You and know it'll go in every folks, time. Because he calls it a pocket. 
whole hundo. <laughs> I start using terms, but I don't think people would <laughs> appreciate that. So I've that. got, um, there, um, there's a local place here called, uh, Jesus, uh, it's called Bingo and has a lot of old school games and they've got the net one. So what do you do for the nets? Yeah, so the net ones are, are a little bit different. I had one in my garage for a long time. And if you if it's a soft net, it's so like if it's broken in and there's they haven't like retied it, then that's again go right at the net and it's just like a catcher's mitt into and it just pocket. drops in. It doesn't bank it yeah, into the pocket, into the hole. If it's a tighter net and they've retied it, it's a little bit trickier and you probably have to hit a little bit higher off the net. But yeah, it's it's the same so, thing. So you, you go only the go for the Honda, the Hondo, as they say. It got to a point in our league where they put in rules where you couldn't. You can only do it what? like once every nine rounds. It's like bowling. You play nine rounds, um, and so we started going for the fifties out the middle. But that's the sucker bet. If you want to play the odds, just go for the forties. It's right in the middle. It's super easy. Like my five year old can drop forties. <laughs> Well, you because know, you've got home turf advantage, it sounds like you. It sounds like you've got uh, at least two machines, and then you won't re- you won't play the real player's machine, which is this ice ball. Apparently, ice is, is it man. is it like a different material on the surface, and it changes it, or is it structured differently? the The plastic is like it's like hockey glass plastic on the sides, so you like hit it, it just ricochets off. It's like it sounds like a firecracker. Mm. Yeah, you can get them. A, I think that Dave and Buster's has. I think they have both. They have Do you put any on uh, other spin ones. on the ball at all? Not really. There was a, a small faction mm-hmm. of people that would bank it. In the, I'm talking about banking it like off the ramp. You know, it's a similar concept trying to bank it into the hundo. But if you bank it off the ramp, you can get that pretty consistently. But no, I mean, I try to I try not to put any kind of spin on it. Kind of almost throwing, almost throwing knuckleballs. <laughs> yeah, there's your ski ball tips. Uh, your SEO tips: don't overthink it. Get more links. That's don't, all it is. Simple. Don't uh, don't uh, don't link to cankles. It doesn't get the uh, the hits that we thought they would. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's inside baseball. Our pre pre recording conversation. Hey, don't tell him. Don't cankles. tell him. That it's not inside baseball anymore. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right, Quentin ask, what's the best flavor ice cream? Okay. Got? I've got like two paths here, but I really love like just like salted caramel. It just is like crack for me. Um and then uh there was this uh flavor, I can't seem to find it anymore. Maybe um they discontinued it, but uh, Ben and Jerry's had something called like Urban Bourbon that was really good. Um you know what's funny is like I can't. I'm trying to think back. Like I don't think I've ever had like a rocky road, but you know, like as I've gotten older, I've become a lot more of like a foodie. I like lo- I just like getting weird, different flavors. And I wonder if something like that would uh, tickle my fancy. What what what's yours? I didn't. I had completely forgotten about Ben and Jerry's until you said that. But I used to be a big fish food fan. That was one of my favorites. Uh, if we're talking like straight up ice cream, I'd probably default to mint chocolate, That's mint safe. chocolate chip. Very uh, safe. So it's really refreshing. My wife, though, has started making uh, Nutella ice cream. So it's like hazelnut chocolate flavor. It is better than anything you've ever how had. Does she, how does she so make good. it? I like make her make her all the time. It's 
heavy cream and Nutella and an oh, ice cream yeah. maker. I forget I mean, that there's actual I mean, ice cream makers. I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, man, she likes it in there, just like swirling it all day and uh, like really going for it. <laughs> no, it, it's so good. That's see, probably my favorite. See, I don't know moment, if this, but yeah, yeah this is this so the much, urban yeah. bourbon is burnt caramel ice cream with almonds, fudge flakes, and bourbon caramel swirls. Treat yourself to a caramel concoction that's bold, toasty, and bourbon swirled with lots of nuts and fudge for fun. Yeah. <laughs> Only problem with Ben and Jerry's is pull it. They they bring their politics in into. Oh their no! Hold on, we're not going to do this. This is going to be. We're going to have a politics-free podcast, but we'll take this off the air. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not bringing it up. But they just bring. They just tweet stupid things and it's like i you know whether you, i you gotta not, let I you gotta want, let um you gotta let political twitter not get you riled up i feel like that gets you a little more frosty than you need to be i don't think it does no i don't think i don't engage with it i think it's stupid i think people should i think most people's opinions on it are Ill-informed That's what I'm saying. I think bothers it bothers me. you. You you don't comment per se or whatever. But there's been a couple of times you've mentioned it, and I've been like, "Oh, Evan, Evan, this yeah. this news cycle at all times probably has to infuriate you just because you're getting it from all sides." And I'm just like, <laughs> I, I, "I don't think it's good for him." <laughs> uh, I I like to keep my. My NC State Twitter feed very NC State focused, and then when it when it yeah, crosses over, it bothers that. me. I can see that because I don't. Yeah, like, but yeah, oh, whatever. And the last question: if if you could live in a different decade or time period, mm-hmm. which one it would be? I've been I thinking about this one all, this day. all day. This is a good question. Hmm. I don't know. Like, right now it's kind of a shit show, so I wouldn't say that one, but like. Early, I'd say 2000, 2010 in there, like iPhone days just coming out. Everything was, of course, I was younger at the time too. So that's probably why I enjoyed that period so much. <laughs> um, I just, you have the benefits of technology, but you don't also have all the yeah. BS that we have right now. You know, Somebody would say probably mm. like the seventies or the sixties, but then you have to be worried about going over. Yeah, war, I mean that's the thing, right? Drafted. Like if you have like a uh, like a like a desire to I mean like it's like if you're gonna be in a war, you gotta be in World War Two so you can go hang out with like the French babes. I get it. Um like <laughs> now I would say it, to me, I think the eighties actually is kind of like a really interesting decade. I, I always thought like the music is bonkers. Um, there's so many opportunities to go see like incredible experiences. You could go like in the eighties, you could go see Eddie Murphy. Um, you know what I mean? Like you could, it's yeah. like that arena decade, but at the same time too, like there's a bunch of weird coming from it. Cause you're just coming out of the seventies and you know, it seems like there's a lot of creativity going on. I'm, the 80s, I think, probably got like a weird rap because it was just such a weird time. Um, but when I think back on it, I mean, I I mean, I was born in the 80s, but obviously, like, I didn't get to experience it the same way. But, you know, you get Nintendo, man. You get like there's so many interesting technology advances right then that today I think are kind of really unique. Um, hmm. If I was going to pick like an. If it was like an era or like way far back, boy, how far would I go? Um, 
Man, I, I just think like being in like that Renaissance era would just be interesting just to, I'd just be curious if I would be uh, smart enough to be like, wow, this is beautiful art. Or if I just be like, these guys are a bunch of fruitcakes. What's wrong with this place? We used to just do. Oh, that's for yeah, sure what I would yeah. say. Yeah. I'd be like, Evan, you just really have to open your mind to, to what they're doing. <laughs> I mean, look at the depth that they're displaying. Like, shut up give me a beer it would be no it wouldn't yeah. be it would be an ale or a mead probably yeah, an ale. <laughs> i don't know roman times yeah. i've always actually i love roman history if i if i had to go like really far back um it would be terrible but at the same time like absolutely fascinating um yeah then you die when you're oh, like yeah. 30 you'd have yeah, like the you'd plague be, like, totally and, ripped because you know you're yeah, just constantly working in the fields man <laughs> Holy Spartacus! Yeah. Uh, yeah, it would be terrible to be the problem with the, be 80s. In the Roman era and not be a Roman. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, jeez, <laughs> that went poorly. <laughs> <laughs> the The problem with well, I'm going to back up. I always, th- I always, I always think about how interesting it would be. Lewis and Clark, like the just setting across the terrain here, like, and nobody else had done it. I mean, that, well, no real people had done it. (laughs) Oh, we gotta edit that out. (laughs) Uh, No, I mean, just wonder what it would, would it be be like to be able to explore. Someplace on on Earth that people haven't really documented or hadn't really been, you know, settled. And I think that's to me that's did, wild did you to think watch, about. Did you watch? I Deadwood? always wonder. Go ahead. Would would you yeah. have oh, liked yeah. to live in the Deadwood setting, or is that too? Uh, so that's not really too established from what you're saying there. Yeah, I think that's more. That's I mean, the, if you look at the historic time period of that show, it was right in between, you know, the transition mm-hmm. to the yeah. industrial age. And it's very much um, the end of the gold rush kind of kind of deal. I don't. I think, but even before that, where it's just, I don't know, nothing. You know, no place. Nobody's ever been there before. You know, I think that's to me, it would be fascinating, fascinating, but also terrifying. I feel like just because I think having enough knowledge of, I don't know, just, I mean, it just seems like you could just take the, take the wrong step and run into the wrong person. And it's just a bad end. Um, But uh, I mean, I just constantly think like, what would America, what would it be like to see America where it's just like the nature of America? It would just be fascinating to me. Right. I mean, I think people kind of forget like how, if everything went away for a little while, like this place could be just absolutely overrun and incredible with forests and nature. And like, I love fishing and th- stuff like that. So like, I always think about what you're saying and it's just like, yeah, to, to get there and see something for the first time, yeah. to be a French fur trapper who hadn't seen women in so long that when you see the grand Tetons, you name them the grand Tetons because they look like two giant breasts <laughs> over the horizon. You know, like I get it. I got it. I got an yeah. F on a report because I put that in there. 
And the guy thought I was making it up. And I was like, dude, I just came from the Grand Tetons and this is a real story. <laughs> so, yeah. That's amazing. The, the thing about the A's, what I was going to say is there's been no place, and this is, this is factual, no place in the history of time where everybody has been closer to the brink of oh, mass yeah. destruction. Yeah. I mean, with, with the Cold War, I mean, there was real threats that nuclear bombs were going to be dropped. Like, they were going to fire missiles from Cuba. I mean, all this stuff. Like, it was, you know, right now we have issues and we have terrorism and stuff like that. We're talking about mass destruction. And it was very, very close. And if you ever read about that time period and read about the Cold War, it's like, yeah, Holy cow. This is like, yeah, lucky you, to be here right now, but nobody knew about it because oh there was no gosh. coverage. I mean, like could you imagine now. the twenty four seven news cycle then? I mean, it would. I mean, I mean, yeah. the levels of depression and anxiety would be just fascinating to see and see if it kind of parallels at all with like how. Oh man, this this podcast has gone way down a different rabbit hole. Um, that's funny. Yeah, I always you know that is something that is constantly overlooked about the 80s also which makes me think of just thinking of the cold war um a great movie to go see um if it ever comes on a streaming service is atomic blonde um charlie's oh you gotta watch it it, so it's i mean it is like i mean first off i love like the john wick era like of action and seeing charlie's do it is incredible and there's it's just great how the 80s in berlin is established like it's just really fascinating watch i recommend it to anyone who's curious about history um or just likes action and uh it's a really good story that's all i'll say yeah what i was going to recommend on that same line in the 80s uh, it's more about the technology side of it but it was a tv show on amc called halt and catch fire and it it was fantastic. It was so good. Uh, it's guy like it's loosely like Steve Jobs ish. I think that's kind of what they were hitting at, hinting at. But uh, it's like the rise of Netscape Navigator and all this stuff, and the computers and the supercomputers and uh, the rise of the PC. And oh man, it was. It I've was heard really this good. second really season well is is really good as well. Like it, like it improved. It was one of the shows yeah. that actually gets better as it keeps going. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I was I highly recommend that show. It was super, super good. Yeah, very much eighties. I'm like, where did you get all? That? Where do you find all these cars? Oh man, they yeah. Well, collectors, man. That's the one thing you can always guarantee is someone's going to have cars. Well, they're all fakes. You ever, you ever see the like behind the scenes, and they take like oh, cameras that's and they terrible, just roll man. Why are you going to ruin it bank- for me? Oh, ruining it for you. They just mold on 1980s Oldsmobile. Oh, I just thought someone had like yeah. a beautiful Buick LeSabre that they were just holding on to, you know? <laughs> uh, on that note, I'm going to go watch the last season of is Bosch. That, is that show good? I got to finish that show. Oh my God. Real good. It's on season yeah, five. We're, we're looking fantastic. for new shows to add on uh, and watch now. Okay. Yeah. yeah. on the list. I've I've heard that a couple times, but yeah. I wasn't sure if it was legitimate or not. It's like a it's like a detective story, no, right? Or something like that. Okay. It's a detective story. Yeah. 
It's awesome. If it's, people it's have um, film recommendations Almost. or TV show recommendations, I'll take them on next week's podcast. <laughs> yeah, at some point, I'm going to splinter this podcast out until it's actually about NC State sports. And there's another podcast where maybe we can talk about all this so we don't end up no, with man. hour and a half I, rants I think of. I, personally, for yeah. me, like I love listening to a podcast that is, you know, this is our thing. This is we stick to it. But I think it's a lot more interesting when two people are kind of just shooting the breeze and, and talking about the interesting stuff at, at the end of it. So, you know, if you don't like it, you can just cut off basically after we stop talking about football because, you know, <laughs> that, that's 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 how this is broken up now. <laughs> Right. We'd have to actually do some research if I was going to make this into, uh, yeah, I'd have to actually pay attention. All right. That's all I got. Uh, if you made it this far, thanks. I'm sorry. Next week's episode. Oh, can you do the, but, the serial music going out? <laughs> yeah, sure. Hold on, oh, hold yes. On. Yes. Oh, wrong, wrong one. Wrong one. <laughs> Very good. Hold on. Didn't quite do, you know it. Boom. And so, as another episode concludes, this time as champions, the Wolfpack go 80 to 63 into this cold, dark night. And they say, bring it on, UVA. Oh, wait, Clemson first. <laughs> <laughs> on next week's episode, you'll hear us talk about losing to Clemson again. <laughs> All right, we're out of here. Go Thanks pack. for listening. Go back.